sat on my window and they told me I don't need to worry summer came like cinnamon so sweet little girls double dutch on the concrete and We're back with another episode of The Rosie Perspective. I have two special guests on with me today. I have Yasaris as well as Alba. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) All right, so Yasaris is an author and blogger, um, and Alba is her life coach, and she is a trauma life coach. So I wanted to speak to these ladies um, on some very important topics, but first I want them both to be able to introduce themselves, let the listeners know who they are, a little bit of background, and how they got started on doing the amazing things that they are doing. So I'll start with you, Yossi, if you could let the listeners know who you are, how you got started. All right, perfect. So as Rosie stated, I go by Yossi. My name is Josaris. I am a new, very new Christian author. My book should be, well, will be published officially within the next three to four months. So right now we're doing typesetting and just figuring out the cover and all the good stuff. Um, I started with this book just because it's sort of like my journey getting to know Jesus Christ. So it started from about 2015 all the way up to 2020. Um, It is a mission book. So when I say mission book, it's pretty much, I want this book. I'm not making any profit out of this book. So 90% of the book is going to San Jose Children's Research Hospital. And then the rest- Oh wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. And then the rest of it is going to um, obviously my publishing company. So I wanna give as much sort of money as I can to this book. And, And reason being, like I said, it's more of like, it is a mission book. I wanted with this book to at least, you know, introduce Jesus Christ to somebody, kind of like talk to them about my perspective, how I reach Christianity, because we're not all, you know, born into being believers or, you know, just kind of my journey to that. Um, With that, I actually, you know, and I guess Alba can touch a little bit about this too, but Alba kind of reached out to me and, you know, and and I honestly know this was, this was all God. But when Alba reached out to me, she reached out to me with the idea of, um, or with the with the statement, pretty much a bold statement, saying, "I am literally switching my um, my what is it my trauma life or, or my calling in life in a way from teen life coach to trauma life coach, um, and it was but, to help me, which was oh wow that's amazing beautiful right which to me was like. God sent because I've been wanting a life coach for a very long time. So when she wait, came did you know life, Alba? I did. I've I've known Alba since I was about eighteen. 
Oh, um, okay, okay. Yeah, which is insane. I've known Alba since I was 18, but we never really, we had a friendship, but not really a friendship. Like I knew who she was, she knew who I was, um, but we never really kept in touch other than social media. So okay. when she reached out to me, I was kind of like, what? <laughs> okay. So did she have any, like, which you can answer, Alba, but did she have any background on what, were you very open about your experiences, which kind of led her to contact you and say, hey, I noticed you going through these things, or was it just like, hey, girl, I'm going to be a life coach? <laughs> to me, it was like, hey, girl, I, I don't know what, what she can probably touch on, on her perspective on it, but yeah. for me, it was very much like, hey girl um you know and she connected based on what and i think this is why i felt so comfortable because she approached me based on hey i just i just want to connect i saw that you're doing this book and i just want to connect with you and she was an open book like she literally oh, okay yeah she just said hey you know this is what i've gone through and, and it just kind of flowed we had a conversation and then she reached out saying um i switched my calling because i'm supposed to work with you as a life coach and i was like <laughs> okay you know, I, I took it, I, it took me back a little bit, but it, I mean, I cried. I, I told her, I, mean, I, 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 I was, I was taken back. Cause I was like, this is God. Like I literally had just gotten into an argument too with my mom, like the day before. And I was like, this is insane. So yeah. So then that came along with my blogging. So right after, um, she reached out, I, I had this like pressure. I was like, you know what? No one knows me as an author. I'm putting out this book. I was like, it's time that I at least, and, and I honestly, just because of my conversations with her, I felt like, you know what? I need to put this out there. I need to embrace the journey that I'm about to take on with Alba because I felt it was going to be life-changing. Of course. Um, and it, it, it and it has been. I mean, I, I have been blessed. There's people that reached out to us that have been blessed. Um, so it, it's been incredible. And I'm, and I'm super excited for, for the rest of, you know, the journey that we're going to continue to take. Yeah, I'm definitely happy. Uh, your website's pretty new, right? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Both of you, I, I checked yeah. it out. <laughs> Both of the websites are very detailed. I like the layout. It's like straight, you know, straight to the point, but it's it's capturing. And then both of your blogs are amazing. You guys are pretty yes. detailed. And I believe both of you all kind of have stories to your your smaller selves or younger selves, I should say, um, for all to see, which I think, you know, is very admiring that you guys are being so vulnerable and putting it out there. But I know there's plenty of women that have gone through and reading it, I'm sure it is, you know, letting them know that they're not the only ones. Um, so yeah. I think that's amazing. And both of your websites are great, of course. Um, you're welcome. And Alba, if you want to just give our listeners as well a little background about you, how you got started, as well as your perspective on how the way things played out with you connecting with Yossi. Perfect, perfect. So I am a certified trauma life coach, and I feel like I have been taking the stepping stones to get to this point for so long. Um, and Josie was just part of the journey. Um, and it, it was just, it really was God sent the way, you know, everything happened in the sense that I felt this, this intuition and this, this compelling, like, desire to connect with her for something that was stronger than me. Um, and one of the things that I've been practicing as of recently is surrendering. And I was able to surrender to this, this, this urge, this, this compelling nature to just connect with her. 
And even though I had everything all set, listen, my website was done. My logo was done. I was going to be a teen life coach, Alba Soto TLC. It was going to be teen life coach. And I, I just was, was ready to, to just launch this. And when I spoke to her, God was like, no, no, you're not. You're going to work with single mothers because that is where I need you to be. And I was really honored that Josie was, you know, excited and as eager as I was to just embark on this journey because it really was just a, just me going on a whim, you know, going on, yeah. a hunt, on a hunt of like, just connect with her and see what happens and go with the flow. So it really has been an amazing, amazing experience. Um, so there's that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Josie and I have known each other for quite some time, but we're, we're like what you would consider like social media friends where yeah, we all have those. now we can you know, really <laughs> like give each other high fives from afar, you know, the likes here and there and things like that. And just really admiration for the work that we're doing. But I just feel like in life, what we, how we show up on social media is very much um, how we want others to see us yeah and then who we are on the inside is something a lot deeper than that so I was excited to just continue to go on that journey to get to know Josie on a, on a deeper level and it has been absolutely amazing it has been- that's great how long have you um have you how long have you been a certified trauma life coach so I have been a certified like I got my certification probably about a few months ago And what happened was, is that I realized that I have been supporting people on their journey for a very long time, just unofficially. Yeah. And what happened was, is that, um, I, about a, about a year ago, I realized that it was my calling to share my healing journey with other people. And part of that was having some quiet space by myself and recognizing that, the person that I had on the inside, that voice telling me that I wasn't good enough, that voice telling me that I was undeserving, that voice telling me, you know, to just shut up and sit down. I, um, I decided to fight that voice and I decided to, to, to figure out where was this voice coming from and how can I embark on this healing journey. And in doing so, I decided that I wanted to just share that liberation with others because I was always a wealth of knowledge in terms of supporting others on their journey. But yeah. I, I was running away from my own in trying. Which to is usually it. how it kind of goes sometimes. Yeah. You always want to help other people, but you kind of ignore what's going on internally. But exactly. that's great that you did take the time to actually say, hold on, I, I got to fix me as well. You know, it's great to help other people, but, you know, helping yeah. yourself is definitely just as important. Mm-hmm. And when I first decided to do that, it was a situation in which that's when I began on my journey of surrendering, right? And really taking the time not only to pray, but to meditate. And meditating was just letting God respond, right? Because before I used to always want to have all the answers and just be on this like fast track to success. And um, in surrendering, everything just became very clear. And during COVID and, and, and being home and and just really, really just increase, like improving my relationship with God, I decided that if I were on my deathbed, if it were a situation in which I was on a ventilator and God came to me and said, did you do what you were called here to do? What would my yeah. response be? Yeah. And, I, and I would be like, um, I was waiting on next month and next year <laughs> and another time to be able to do that because Every time I kept getting called to do something, I said, not now. 
not now. So I said, you know what? There's no better time but now. And I, You're absolutely I, right. I made a promise that I was just going to, I was going to do what I was called to do or I was going to die trying. And that's when I decided to have the courage to be like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to invest in myself and I'm going to invest in this business because I know that this is what I was called here to do. And ever since then, like God has not let me down because it's been, it's, it's been flowing. It's been flowing in a way that it has been very miraculous. I couldn't have planned, planned this. It's been, it's been great. That's amazing. I'm happy to hear that. And being a trauma life coach, you know, so many people go through different types of trauma that, you know, you're always going to be needed. It's never going to stop because life doesn't stop. So having you, you know, take it serious and take on other people and try to help them heal as you did yourself. I think that's amazing because a lot of people struggle to do it with themselves. So the fact that you're able to help others, um, I think is really great. Thank you. And so I wanted to get into a little bit, um, Yossi, um, on your website, you have posted or you have posted two uh, blogs, if I'm not mistaken, um, Dear Life Coach, I Am Damaged Goods, Series Week 1 and 2. Yes. Yes. So if you don't mind going into um, a little bit about one, what you blogged about as well as I guess how you got, um, I guess your words together or uh, the background to write your blogs the way that you did with that with as much detail as you did because it's very detailed and it I is. was reading it and I was <laughs> it touched my heart I was just like oh my god you know I was just reading it and um, I think I think it like I told you I think it's amazing that you have put it out there for people to see the rawness the realness and your emotions so yeah. just if you don't mind giving the listeners a little background about um, your blogs no no problem so um all right, so like, and you're gonna have to excuse me because I am a crybaby and I get very emotional sometimes. It's okay, and it's Abba okay. And at this point and you know, we've, like I've told her, stop it, stop making me cry. But, um, so, and this is, this is like, this has been quite the emotional journey for me. So with this blog and with this journey with Alva, like I said, it kind of started with her reaching out and then I had the idea of saying, you know what, I want to blog every single emotion with her. So I meet with her once a week and I meet with her on Friday. So what I've been doing is I said, you know what? I am a new writer. No one knows who I am. I, I have this Christian book that is a mission book. And I, you know, and then I have a second book coming out, which is called Directions, which is literally my entire trauma, my entire life in a way. Um, but I wanted to put reflections first. And then with the blog, I said, because people don't know me as a writer, I need to give them raw i want them to know the real you'll see like i got sick and tired i think alba kind of like sparked a fire in me to the point where i was like i'm done hiding behind the shield of you know just a face you know just an image or, or you know i i i was looking at my social media and i said i put out this very put together image which is who not who i am not you know what i mean i, I don't yeah. have it all figured out and i don't have it all you know, settled. So I was like, I, I need to give the real Yossi. Rather people like me or not, you're going to get the real one, right? So because I, I met, I meet with her once a week on Fridays, I was like, I am going to write it right after I meet with her. So the way it's 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 coming out, it's what, what people are going to read. You're going to read my entire emotions on that. Whatever, whatever Alba pulled out of me is what you get. 
So oh, she had okay. some. I think that's yeah, a great way to put it because it's so raw. Right. And, you and just I think that's, it, that's right. I think that's exactly. I, I didn't want like this is the thing too. I was like, if I wait a week, then I'm going to. I know me, right? So I'm going to make it pretty. Yeah, I'm going to try to down, bring, of course. Yeah. Right. I'm going to be like, mm, let me not put that out there. People might not like that. I, I don't want people to look at me, and I don't want you know my dating life to get affected. Like you start to 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 think certain things. So. I was like, I'm, I don't want to think about it. I was like, I'm going to put it. I'm going to be me. And, and rather someone appreciates it or not, it's on them. So Alba had sent me this video um, about this sort of this young pastor. And it was called, um, it was a uh, I Am Damaged Goods. And I had seen this video before and I, and I watched it. And I kind of got very like emotional because it related to me. I was like, this is, this is how it is. Like he gave this analogy of a box, right? And he was like, you know, he showed this box and he was like, if you see it all dolled up, you see it all wrapped up with a little nice bow, and that's what people like. But then you start beating on this box, right? You start ripping it apart, you start drilling on it, and all of a sudden it looks really ugly. But what's inside that box is still valuable. And Absolutely. that's kind of us as a person. You know what I mean? Like us mm-hmm. as a person, we can dress up really pretty, right? And 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 people can beat us up and beat us up and beat us up, and we might look horrible in the outside, but within we're still valuable to God and to the world right mm-hmm. so I was like all right I'm gonna name this that was like my title I was like I'm going to name this dear life coach damaged goods now reason being I'm better I'm better at writing than I am at speaking right so I'm not very good with putting out my emotions to people like I don't trust very easily okay um, I understand Alba, yeah Alba has discovered this I think I, I have a hard time with like you know just pouring my heart out and feeling like I'm safe in a way so I was like, you know what? I'm going to write to her what I can't say to her. You know what I mean? Like, although we have these conversations and she's really good with, you know, pulling these things out of me, I want her to know why I'm this way. Um, and and I said it and I did it this way because I was like, this is going to be written to her, but is going to be presented to the world. Oh, okay, okay. Just her, right. So that was Dear Life Coach, which is her. I am damaged goods. Um, so the first blog, I think, you know, and again, this was right after I met with her and, you know, she was talking about forgiveness and, and, you know, this is our first meeting and she was like kind of trying to figure out, you know, where I was. And she was like, you know, where do you lack? Where, where, what is your, where do you feel like you, you are kind of like not really good at? Right. And, and she made it like a scale from one through 10. Um, and that kind of made me realize I was like, I have, I am a very, you know, I, I'm stuck in my emotions. Right. I'm very stuck there. I'm very stuck where where I'm sort of like, you know, hindering and not forgiving and, and, you know, just hindering myself. It's more of like not forgiving myself. So I wanted to kind of present to her why I'm stuck in a way. So I, you know, kind of give you a little bit of my backstory. I have been molested from the age of four, probably all the way to like 13 by different people. Um, unbeknownst to my mom and then some that I felt like she should have known because it was there. But May I ask a quick question? Yeah, go for it. So from 14 to, I mean, I'm sorry, from 4 to 13, were mm-hmm. all these people uh, folks that either your mom knew or people that were let into your home? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So four years old, um, this was someone that was working at um, my family's home and my parents weren't there uh they were at that point in the united states i was in the dominican republic 
So that's right when, you know, they had come, they left me when I was about a year old. So I was in the Dominican Republic up to like about up to four. And then right after that happened, I ended up coming to the U.S. So when I came to the U.S., it was um, at that point, I thought, you know, happy go lucky. I have this great life. My father, and my mother together. And then he started to beat on her. Once he left, she started to um, she decided to bring different people into the home. So we lived in a basement. Okay. Um, and so in order for her to kind of like, you know, if you live in the Bronx and you're a single mom, she has, she's, and this is, cause I want to make sure I don't, I don't, I don't put this out there. I love my mom and I am very much forgiving of my mom. And I understand that she did what was right. I don't think she purposely wanted me to get abused in any, you know, way, shape or form. I think my, my form of not being able to address this with her or forgive her or blame her was kind of my own being stuck in a way, right? So after that happened, she kind of like, you know, just had different people coming in to help her just pay bills because my father had left. She was trying to figure it all out. And around this time, you know, it was just multiple people. I, 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 I don't know what my life is like as a kid without being abused. That makes sense. Wow. You know, and then... Which which is horrible, right? And then, it is absolutely horrible. And then I had to see, you know, my sister kind of get raped. And that was the second post, um, the second week. And that that's where I wanted Alba to understand why I couldn't forgive myself. Because I said, you know, yeah, I spoke about my abuse. And I, and I figured she's probably like, okay, well, that you were four, Yossi. Like, that's okay. You know, you need to forgive that. But then I'm like, wait a second. That's not it. You know, I have been abused up in, at that point. I was already six years into my abuse. That's how I felt. And I was like, I have, I am a veteran at this point. And I mean, honestly, and I don't mean to cut you off, but you know, no, the no, fact, you're you know, and I use, I know you use the word veteran, but overall, like this whole situation is very sad and unfortunate, you know, oh, because as, as yeah. a child, you envision, you know, playing and Barbies and all this happy stuff right. and your parents are there to protect you and no one's going to do anything. So the fact that, you know, four is a very young age and for you to be 10 and at, by that point, you're kind of used to it is, is, it makes me sad. Like that's heartbreaking, you know? It is. As, as a mother, I couldn't imagine that ever happening to my child ever. And I would, you know, and, and, I you think I think about it now as an adult and and I am sick to my stomach. Um, it, it it does you know and it, it does it, it explains who I became as a person and and why I went through so much because I didn't know how to get that out of me you know I I didn't know how to express it because when you're that young experiencing that you don't know what's right or wrong right you you kind of you start to think like well this is it this is. You know, I, I I even started to think, which is kind of sad to think about. I even looked at it like, I I this was part of my job. You know, I had to oh, do absolutely this. Absolutely not. Absolutely yeah, which not. Which is horrible, right? Which is horrible. It I, is horrible. I started to think like, this is part of my job. My mom has to work three jobs, and I have to keep my mouth shut so these people can help her pay the bills. That and is, that is that is devastating, like, right? You know, so. I, it, it took years. It took years. It took, you know, just me. And I think God, honestly, I don't think God changed my life. God, God gave me, God filled up the void that I had within to say, you know what, that wasn't okay. And that, and that is not something you should have experienced. 
But again, I don't want it to be something that one keeps me hostage or in bondage. Yeah. And I and I don't want this to be also where if I can save somebody's life or if I can, you know, in some way, shape or form prevent it from happening to somebody else, I will. And that's honestly the only reason I said I'm done. I'm done staying silent and I'm going to speak up. And I'm you sure know, since you have, that- you've probably gotten a lot of women that's like, oh, my God. Like I have so and brave. I have and I yeah, and I've gotten a lot of backlash. I think really? more from I have, which which I wasn't expect I I, I don't know. So one side of me was expecting more support, I think, from loved ones. And it was it was uh, like people love to keep a family image a lot. Of course, and I think, yeah. You know, that's and I understand where everybody's in shock, but it still bothers me that it's like you know, there was a there was a, a child who was abused. There was another child with mental illness who was not protected and was also abused. And everybody kept that silent. And me as a person, I just don't think that's okay. I I, I I can't understand how this is this is not something that people said. You know what? And 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 again, I, I want to make this very known. I understand where everybody's as an adult where where they might have been like, you know what? With my sister especially, it's like, okay, well, this is another, you know, teenager that raped her and, and, and we have to figure out how to, how to, I, I can understand where they were like troubled by it. I just can't understand where it was like, where do we not see that we should have protected the innocent? Wait, so you know, are, are they saying that, what are they saying in regards to your sister with the disabilities that was raped? Are they not they, making it seem like it's a big deal because it was a teenager? No, they are. They are acknowledging what occurred. I think to them, it's more of like we were trying to protect um, just everybody involved, and which is fine. But again, you fail to protect me. You fail to protect my sister, and you fail to protect my mom. You know, now, my is your sister mom, younger or older than you? Sorry, she's older. Okay, she's older. So I've been pretty much taking care of my sister since God knows what. Um, I am. I'm pretty much like her dad in a way um but so with my and I and with my mom I kind of you know I kind of I want to put it in a way where people understand this is a woman who had no help still has no help right had no help was raising a kid raising two kids one with mental illness got beat left by her husband and did not necessarily understand what was going on her ignorance and her blind eye to what was happening with me was just kind of like she just you know it to her just she didn't view people as you can't be a pervert you you wouldn't look at my children like a pervert if you're hugging my daughter or if she's on your lap or if she's doing or you have her in your bed like i don't know i just don't understand where and i had this conversation with her i said i am my mom like if i see a man grab my child and put my child in their lap or take them with her to their bedroom we're gonna have a problem Absolutely. I'm going to jail, you know? So I was like, if a man comes in and says, hey, try this bathing suit. And my mom says, yeah, try the bathing suit on in front of this man. I'm going to have a, like, that's what I told her. I was like, that's where I I wanted her to defend me. Okay, understandably. Right. And she, she just didn't see it as, you know, she was like, I'm, you know, and we had this conversation where she felt like she failed, but at the same time, she just didn't know. She was like, I didn't look at it that way. And that that part I can't be totally upset with her about, and I understand her ignorance. At the same time, I just don't 
agree with how she handled the situation. And then when it came to my sister, um, I'm at more. I'm more upset with my family because I felt like you guys continue to turn your back on my mom. When why would you tell a mother to shut up? You know, don't say a word or just let's just pretend like this never happened to protect the family. Where was yeah? Protect- why protecting? No, I understand. Why protect? You know what I'm saying? Where was where was her? Where was where was where was the idea of like you know what? I'm sorry this happened to you, sister. Let's figure this out. We, we're going to have to hold this person accountable for what they did. Because I know, and I told my some of my aunts this, I was like, if this was your children, you would have you would have said something. You would have wanted something to be done. But because it's my sister, and to them, oh, she's men- she has mental illness. She might not understand. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. She's an innocent person who, did, who had, who, who, who that should have never happened to. Absolutely. Right? Regardless if it was a teenager or not, that should have never happened. And I shouldn't have to witness that. So I think, you know, that that's where I kind of was, you know, I, I put these blogs out there. My family was kind of taken back. Some of them honestly didn't know um, to the extreme of everything that we were going through. Because, again, it was pretty much me, my mom and my sister against the world. That's kind of how it's always been. Mm-hmm. It's uh, bad enough that you guys had to experience this, but now that you're putting it out there and to still get backlash. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I reached out, I, what was it, yesterday, Alba? I reached out to mm-hmm. Alba yesterday, like, literally saying to her, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I, you know, like, I, I was I was borderline ready to just stop the blog, stop the whole thing out of respect to my mom because I felt like, you know, they, they're not reaching out to me. They're reaching out to her. And I, you know, and that upset me because I said, I'm, I'm a 33-year-old woman. Like, you know, I, I, I knew what I was doing and I'm ready. Like I am at this point where the fire is, is sparked. I do not want to fight anybody. I don't want to argue with anybody. You just want to tell your story. I, I just simply said, this is what happened. Whether you want to accept it or not, that's okay with me. I, I'm okay with people not accepting. What I'm not okay with is people coming, telling my mom, tell me to stop. Don't tell me to, st- don't tell my mom to tell me to stop. You tell me to stop. Let me answer you. You know, that's that's kind of where I'm at right now, where it's like, if if you don't like what I have to say, come address me about it. And then we can have that conversation as adults, you know, but yeah. don't stress my mother out because every single day she's still watching her her daughter have seizures every single day. And my mom doesn't know the day my sister is not going to have a seizure anymore. So when you're constantly stressing her out, I know and she's already stressed out and no one's saying, you know, I, I've yet I told her I have yet to hear someone call my mom saying, hey. Let me give you a break. Let me let me let me take Rosa for a week so you can just get a break. But they'll definitely call her for you know. Hey, tell your daughter not to do this. No, that's not. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah. It, it's your it's a part of your journey on you becoming the woman right. that you are. It's not made up. So who it's exactly not- are we protecting? And that's why things like this, I believe, continue to happen because it's all right. hush hush. You know, which you know, I'm Haitian. I know you said you're Dominican. Um, how yep. are you, Alba? Are you Dominican? I'm Dominican too. Yeah. And we know, you know, with with, with our, you know, ethnicities, nationalities, things Dominican like this. Dominican and Haitian are Dominicans. Correct. And and <laughs> these things tend to get kept, you know, let's sweep it under the rug. Everybody in the right. family knows, but nobody wants to talk about it out loud because it's like, no, then it's not going to make us look good. Therefore, children that are growing up because, you know, you 
procreate. More children are coming and these things are happening where a mother and a daughter can both share the same experience by the same person because it had not been outed a long time ago. That I think that's absolutely ridiculous. If they had stopped it when it happened to the mom, the daughter would never have experienced it. But no, it just continues to happen, which is very unfortunate. And the misinformation, you know, this is this is so badly why I wanted Alba to to address it because even the misinformation that's out there, there's people that, you know, won't even know that they were abused because, you know, to them, to to if, if you're Haitian or Dominican or, or even any any Hispanic Caribbean or just anywhere in the world, most people look at abuse as sexual penetration, right? Or or that's what they consider rape, or that's what actually they won't consider. You know, if someone is groping you, if someone is touching you incorrectly, if someone is is seducing you, kissing you, you know, if, if you feel that the person is aroused with you, that's sexual abuse. You're right. That is, that, that is very much sexual abuse. But for some reason, that's not classified. You know, that's not, you know, if, if, a, if a man looks at a child with desire, with sexual desire, that is abuse. Absolutely. That, that is very much abuse. Like... I, I don't understand where that, like, I, I think it took me truthfully to becoming a mom for me to be like, I, I, I need to educate myself. I need to, you know, really like hound out to how to speak to my daughter and, and make sure that she doesn't ever feel like she needs to fear telling me something because of that type of misinformation. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Absolutely. I definitely know what you mean. And I thank you for sharing, you know, as much as you did and as much as you have on your blog for people to get a better understanding of, you know, what you've gone through. And Alba, I know you also have a couple blogs on your website. Uh, looks like the first one you titled Memory of My Sexual Trauma. Yes, you, yes, yes. Do you I mind actually, going into that a little bit for the listeners? I actually want to read it to the listeners. Okay, yes, great. I think that this is much better um, <laughs> when I say it than what it is read. read. Um, so here it goes. I heard laughter and adult conversations in the living room. I had no idea who had come over to visit. And I knew better than to insert myself into adult conversations. Then my father called me into the room and he says, Come greet your uncle. He just came in from Dominican Republic. So I went in with my happy-go-lucky self and he gave me this sly smile. And with this sly smile, he impregnated me with guilt as my body remembered what he had done to me. At this time, I did not remember the details of my molestation and what had happened to me or what it even meant. My body tensed up and I looked down at the floor in shame, but no one seemed to notice. My father said, what are you waiting for? Aren't you gonna say hello to your uncle? My dad spoke to me in Spanish when he, and I knew that when he said, saludalo, greet him, he meant that I had to open up my arms and hug him and give him a kiss on the cheek and say, bendicion tío. Bendicion tío is a term of respect and endearment. Its exact translation is blessings uncle. And this is something that us Dominicans traditionally say at greetings and farewells. At that very moment, I felt naked and exposed to everyone in the room. So I walked away at my first opportunity with hopes to get rid of this knot that I felt in my stomach and this filth that took over my body. I was nine years old at the time, and for the past four years, I had forgotten what had happened to me. That night, I struggled to fall asleep, and when I eventually did, I began to have flashbacks. 
I was in the bathroom at my grandmother's house with him, and there he was with that sly smile again and that look of desire. Picture, picture, picture. I woke up from my sleep and I was relieved to know that I was in the bed by myself. My heart was racing and I was tingling with desire. I laid there confused, but mostly ashamed. I asked myself, how could I think such provocative thoughts? And what was this tingling feeling that I felt in between my legs? I tried to make sense of it. And my egoic mind, I just knew that it was my fault and that I had attracted this. And for this, I was guilty. From that day forward, I knew that everyone, that everyone could see me guilty for doing unthinkable acts and even worse with a family member. I was completely out of control as I allowed my thoughts to possess me. And every day when I got dressed, I wore my guilt like it was never going out of style. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's powerful. Oh, I know. I definitely read that and I read it and I read it and I reread it because it was just, you know, the way you put it and for you to be as young as you were as well and have to put on this front as if nothing was happening. And okay, so I wanted to ask a question, but I'll, I guess I'll ask in a second. But you're nine years old and you have to say hi to this person. Which, you know, because that's how we are. Oh, come say hi. Give them a kiss. Give them a hug. I remember having to do all that as a kid. Which now that I'm an adult, I mean, hello. Everyone gets a hello. For me, I, I don't know. I just feel like I don't want to go through that, um, doing all that kissing and stuff. And I didn't think anything of it as you guys did as a child because that's what right. you're raised on. Your parents are like, hey, say hi. Give your uncle a kiss or whatever. And then now you you hear so many stories on things that transpired for other young girls and, and for you all yourselves and it's just like it starts off so simple where you think oh it's no big deal i'm going to give my uncle a hug or a kiss or whoever this person is and then to know that they you know have these disgusting thoughts and they prey on such young children and you can't say anything to anybody because you're a child and they may not believe you so i did want to ask you both i'll start with you alba did you I want to know at uh, what age, I guess, did you tell your mom? <laughs> when I was a grown woman, that's when I was. So you didn't tell her your whole childhood? No. Now, was it, because I've heard, you know, I've seen in movies, I've heard as well. Did you ever get the, well, if you tell, you'll get in trouble? Oh, yeah. They so, always do that. Wow. Yeah. And did they you get that as well, Yossi? Uh, for me, it was more of a manipulation. Like I, you know, I, I always heard from my mom, but not specifically because of sexual incident. It was always like, you know, if she would leave us home alone, she'd say, hey, don't don't tell anybody or don't do anything bad because the government is going to take you and your sister. So in my head, I always had the idea of if I say anything or if, you know, if I do anything, I'm not going to be with my mom and my sister. So it was that type of, oh, okay. um, sort of like which is equally as bad. Yeah, yeah. When that's all you have and that's all you know, your mom and your sister. So for someone to even threaten to take you away from the two most important people in your life, that's, you know, right. that's 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 terrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the thing is, is that um, I think similar challenges with culture. Um, 
And I think that it's important to also understand that sexual assault knows no culture, knows no bounds. There's like, I I actually just came out of a summit. It's a um, coalition to end sexual exploitation. And it was absolutely amazing to see 19,000 people coming together for a cause to end sexual violence against everyone, right? So it's, it's, it's very much something that impacts so many people to the point where I'm finally, you know, feeling this, this level of, of just peace for being where I am right now to be able to be a part of the change that I want to see in the world as opposed to sitting around and, and just wanting things to be better. So I feel I feel very fortunate and very blessed to be able to be in this in this space to be able to to share what I've learned um, and support others in their journey. So so it's it's very exciting. Um, but I think culturally, one of the things that I wanted to highlight here is the fact that there's that that tradition, right? And this tradition is not trauma informed. So when you have somebody who has been sexually assaulted and you're exposing them to their abuser in a way that they have to look at them, they have to smile in their face, they have to like be in their in their presence and their embrace. And, and, and I can only imagine, not I can only imagine, like the gratification that an abuser would get knowing that I get to have you this close in a way that it's it's just so it's disturbing it's it disgusting. is disturbing it is sick and i think that if people were to to acknowledge and recognize just how um difficult it is not just for the person who who was involved but it's just it's it's just it's all around wrong so i really wanted to to emphasize that in this in hopes to be able to shift the perspective in terms of tradition and what is considered normal can wake up and say you know what if you don't feel comfortable you do what feels comfortable to you absolutely i completely agree with you if it doesn't feel comfortable then you know you absolutely should do exactly what you said you do what's comfortable for you sometimes i feel like you know it's it's probably that awkward like okay well it doesn't feel comfortable and i'm sure people are like well am i tripping was that really <laughs> you know like making a big deal out of it you know because a lot of women i've seen you know on social media or i've seen posting certain things will happen years ago and someone will post it and they're like at the time i didn't think that it would would be considered rape or whatever the case is because a lot of people think if it's not sexual intercourse then you know it's no big deal or whatever the case is so i think now that more women are becoming more open and talking about it it allows other people that may have gone through similar experiences to realize like Okay, yeah, we didn't have sex, but this was not okay. Exactly. Yeah. So and I, have, I think the I think the Me Too movement had a lot to do with that too. Yeah, like absolutely. Once, once the Me Too movement came out, I think a lot of women felt ready and felt empowered and said, you know what, I didn't know this was that, and 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 this happened to me, and I'm ready to you know not let it be victimizing. You know what I mean? So that's very powerful. I actually want to take a minute to just kind of explain a little bit about trauma and the trauma response and and to kind of shed a little bit of light because while I really, really, really have enjoyed um, reading Josie's post and it, it has made me cry. It has made me cry. Oh, I can, I can see why. I really wish that I, I really wish I could respond to, to, her, to her post because it's just, it's almost like it's only half of the story. So, oh, girl, so don't, I don't do that. You want me to cry? <laughs> <laughs> 
So I wanted to kind of I'm a thug, yo. Listen, listen. <laughs> we all we got we all got a little bit of thug in us, right? But um, before you start, Alba, I wanna I wanna okay. ask a quick question based on something Yossi said that we talked about for two seconds, which was the sitting on lap at, for little girls. Mm. And I know for myself, now that I think back as a kid, I'm I believe I had. It's like, oh, he's here, whatever. I would go sit down, no big deal, or whatever the case is. What would you say, I guess, to, I mean, obviously everyone has the right to feel the way that they feel, but to moms that are either new moms or moms of daughters, as well as boys, because, you know, things happen with little boys too. I'm a mom of a boy. um, So I definitely ask him a bunch of questions to make sure because oftentimes boys are also forgotten. So I ask him and sometimes he's like, mom, I would tell you, mom. And I ask because I'm like, I just need you to know. I need to know if anything is happening, even if you don't. So I definitely have that talk with my boy. I remember I had asked a guy a while ago um, if he has these talks with his kids. And he's like, no, I'm not going to have these talks. And I'm like, why don't you think they're necessary? Like, because you Mm -hmm. hope that it doesn't happen. And he's like, no, I just think it's too much. And I'm like, well, you definitely need to talk about it to your daughter as well as your son. Nowadays is never too much. Yeah. Nowadays is never too much, yeah. I'm like, and he he was like, okay, well, maybe eventually I'll talk to my daughter. I said, what about your son? kind of like okay well and I'm like for you to not think that you need to also talk about this type of stuff right. with your son that so I don't know if later on in life you know he will or when his son gets older or if he'll listen to anything I said but I think that's also important but the sitting on laps thing what would you say I guess to the moms that have daughters that have little girls about the sitting on laps I'll start with you Alba <laughs> um <laughs> So the thing is, is that I, I just I just don't think that that level of, of closeness is appropriate. And I think that being a person who has experienced sexual trauma, we're more our, our, our sensitivity and our awareness to it is, is more so um, heightened to a point where it's, it's borderline toxic. And what I mean by borderline toxic is that we then become a little bit overprotective of our children and we hypersexualize them at a young age before they're even thinking about it in a sense that we then could, could um, it's, it's, it's almost like the generational curse that just continues because of the healing hasn't occurred. Therefore, you're passing on that fear of, and you're still kind of putting that energy out there into the atmosphere. So I think it's important for, for us to heal so that we can heal for seven generations to come as opposed to being that stuck, you know, being that, and then, and then we're just kind of vibrating on the, on the energy of fear. So while I don't think that's appropriate, not just from my own personal experience, um, and I have a daughter, my daughter, she is the type of person, she'll see you, she'll jump on you. Luckily, she's too heavy now to jump on people <laughs> because I was trying to tell her, girl, if you don't stop jumping on these people, you don't even know that, you know? So, so, so it's a, it's, it's hard to decipher, um, what is normal because what is in a person like me, um, what I gauge as, as, as a kind of like, I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, distorted. No, I understand what you mean now that you say it that way. So based on what I experience, I see life totally different. Um, and I think that it's it's a gift and a curse. So it's a gift in the sense that I will have that heightened awareness and I'll be like, hey, you know, I, I wouldn't allow something like that. But at the same time, it's a curse in the sense that my daughter at a very young age, I'm already looking at her. How would a guy look at her wearing these clothes? 
right? Yeah. And is that something that I should put into the psyche and into the atmosphere? I'm already trying to, you know, control all of these, you know, factors that could potentially hurt my child, you know? Yeah. And and that's yeah. that's where I just think that the healing is so important because we don't even realize what we're doing because all of it is part of a defense mechanism. So because this has served us in terms of like how to survive, then I, I just it's it's difficult to to be able to undo some of these some of these coping skills that we have and these ways that we survive. All right, and before I ask you the same question, Yossi, I just wanted to add a part two to the question uh, because I've also yeah. seen it talked about. And it's also the matter of grown men, your mom's friend, your dad's friend, or, you know, referring to little children as, oh, that's my little girlfriend, or older women referring to little boys as, that's my little boyfriend. Do, I guess, do you have any feelings about that? Because I remember being younger, my mom's friends, they would come over and it was two of them and one would be like, they'd be like, that's my little girlfriend, that's my little girlfriend. It was all jokes and, and nothing ever transpired. Um, they never touched me or anything of the sort. But now that, I, and I'm not gonna front at some point, And I think, I know I was under 10 when this was occurring. It went on for years. Again, nothing ever happened, but they kept this, that's my little girlfriend, that's my, but it made me uncomfortable because every time they came over, I wanted to avoid them. And it's not because they were doing anything, but I think it was just, why are you calling me your girlfriend? Like you're a grown ass man. I don't want to be anybody's girlfriend, but it was like a continued family, like, oh, no big deal. They're just joking. So do you have any thoughts on that? I know I've seen more people now talk about how they feel it's so much more inappropriate than they did when they were younger. Um, if you could touch on that real quick, Alba, and then I'll ask you the same questions, Yossi. Okay. That's such a loaded question, girl. That is such a loaded question. <laughs> um, I think that it's important to look out for signs of a person being uncomfortable okay. and to get that in the butt because it's not about what the person in the person's intentions are. It's how the message is received. And I think that, you know, let's, let's correlate it to, to workplace sexual harassment, right? Okay. Somebody can say something to you and they could be quote unquote joking or whatever. And the way that they say it doesn't matter. It's about how they made you feel. So I just think as a parent, it's important to know your child and to recognize those signs that your child is uncomfortable and to, to nip that in the butt so that your child knows that they are protected so that your child knows that you're there for them um and and most of the times they won't they won't speak up but you'll you, you'll be able to tell um with their body language and, and how they interact okay all right and yossi the first part was about the sitting on the lap as a child and then as well as what you think about the little girlfriend little boyfriend statements from adults um, so with the sitting of the lap, I do not allow it. I don't like it. I just think it's, you know, and I think again, from what Alba stated is more because of my experience. And I think my experience plus the fact that I just never liked it. So I, what I did was with my family members, anybody that was interacting with Jalen, I made sure people understood that. Like for me, I had these conversations with my mom. I had a conversation with her dad. I had the conversation with his mom. And I literally said, I do not want to see Jalen on top of anybody's legs. I don't care if it's her dad. I don't care. You know, with her dad, mm -hmm. she does hug him and she kind of, you know, but I'm, I'm very picky with that stuff. And again, it's because of my experience. So I won't allow her to do that. And she's never done it. But I've also 
made sort of like, you know, and I think Abba also pointed this out to me, I overcompensated and I overprotected my child because of my own fears. No, so I understand. It's I, kind of hard for you guys not to. Yeah, so I, I think in, in a sort, I kind of did a little bit of damage in a way with my child because Jalen is very fearful of a lot of things, right? She she's she's very fearful of, of even being alone and doing a lot of things but because i've always been kind of very overprotective and very like i i don't you know i don't allow her to sleep in people's houses like i'm very very picky when it comes to my child so then when uh she was about 10 i started talking to her about um stds and and sex and and pregnancy and the whole nine and and people's intent you know women versus men like I kind of introduced that because I said to Jalen, I said, I don't want you to hear this from social media. I don't want you to hear it like I did or from anywhere from, you know, not social media, but TV or, you know, teachers or anything like that. I, I wanted to have that conversation with her. So after I think I had that conversation with her, she understood why I don't allow her to be, you know, on uncle's laps or, or doing, you know, just even with pictures. Like I don't, I like the only thing that as a respect I always did was Jalen, you know, Sontio, Sontia, you know, give them a hug and, and acknowledge them as a person, but never feel comfortable enough where you're, you know, on their laps or doing the most. You know what I mean? And even if she jumped on or got too excited, I was always like, you know, they knew, they knew. I think most most people in my family at that kind of that were around Jalen did respect my wishes when it came to like not putting her. Like I, I made it very vocal. So I think that part. Um, I, I just don't agree with it, but I think to each his own, every parent, you know, I will never tell another parent what to do or what not to do. I think use your better judgment. Yeah. You know, the people that, that are around you, I just unfortunately, because of my experiences, I'm very much, you know, I, I'm against it, you know. Um, when it comes to the second question about um, using the little girlfriend, my little boyfriend. So again, I base this on experience. I don't like it either because when I was 12, um, this is another guy that was, that, that was, you know, this man was um, living in my mom's apartment. He was renting a room. And from the day I met him, he would always say that I was his girlfriend. That I was his little girlfriend and I was so pretty. And, you know, he was like proud of me or whatever. And, and, and he was doing things to me. So to me, it was like, uh, who are you? You know, why are you doing these things? Um, when I turned 15, he declared his love for me. Wow. And he said, I told you, you were my little girlfriend. My goodness um, gracious. Yeah. So he would, yes. So he would literally call me, um, call my mom and tell my mom, put her on the phone and he would not stop harassing me. So I, I don't like the terminology either. I don't, you know, again, it, I think for me, everybody kind of respects where I come from when it comes to my child and not using, I don't use that language with other people's kids. I don't like it used on mine. Um, and again, based on my experiences, you know, so my answer is I'm against it, but I, I don't, you know, I kind of tell parents, you you figure out what's best for your child. I think for me, it's just not, it's, it's not appropriate. Like adults, I think, especially now where you know, you, you just don't know. You just yeah. don't know who a person is and, and what they're capable and things are now more open than they were before. Kids are on social media more. They're, they're, they're learning things a little quicker. Like there's just so much more dynamic to now that I'm just like, I'm not comfortable, you know? 
So it's just me. All right, no, I completely understand. You're right, everyone obviously has the right to do what they please with their child, but you know, everyone feels differently about it based on experiences. Um, Okay, so you wanted to um, get into your stuff, Alba, which is great. I don't know if you planned on it, but I guess if you can throw in there as well, um, I guess some things about dating now as an adult um, since you've experienced sexual trauma and then if you want to chime in as well you'll see just because obviously that has lingering effects that go into your adulthood but you can do your thing and if you could throw that in there somewhere okay perfect so the thing about trauma is, is is that there's an external response it's like something that happens to you and because in that moment you're not able to process the trauma you end up disassociating so so you end up it's it's what happens is either a fight or flight response and um especially with ongoing trauma so when it's not just an acute trauma that happens once it's chronic it ends up happening you know over time you become desensitized to it and what happens is is as you grow older your mind ends up repressing this memory um and it doesn't just repress the 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 negative memory some people just forget their whole childhood altogether um so they just end up blocking years of their life and not remembering and then as time goes on Um, the memories start to come back. And this is a defense mechanism that the brain has. And it's just like, it's actually pretty, pretty amazing how the brain has the ability to do that. But it's still a situation in which then you end up having a triggered response. The triggered response is just like a, like a bad dream, a nightmare that just continues to haunt you over time and time and time again. And the thing is, is that if you don't go through the portal or the pathway of that dark tunnel through your trauma, then you don't end up like it just continues to come back. Like the way I view healing is that in life, you get opportunities to go through the healing journey, which is going through that dark tunnel and not really knowing what it's like as you go through the tunnel. And you can choose to go through the tunnel or not. And you can also be ready or not ready to go through the tunnel, that's fine. But if you don't go through the tunnel, there'll be another opportunity, there'll be another chance for you to do that. And that's just kind of the way it works. It's just that it's not gonna go away. It will always be there to continue to, to teach you the lesson that it's meant to teach you. Um, so the, the, the hope is, is that by having someone there to be able to hold your hand as you go through the journey, it is a, it's, it's a situation in which with the right tools and with the support of a therapist or in situations like that, it can be a very liberating experience because if you don't go through that process, you end up continuing to have that level of of not feeling worthy not feeling deserving of what is a normal kind of love and that normal kind of love does not take away your power that normal kind of love does not rob you of your identity your ability to be true to who you are and unfortunately when you get used to a certain kind of, of treatment or when you get used to giving away your power it's it's a situation where sometimes we even misunderstand and think that we attract these kind of men that take these kind of men that abuse us these kind of men the narcissistic kind of men that just take 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 and it's a situation in which it's not about attraction because when you were a child you did not attract what happened to you absolutely not it was a matter of circumstance and 
when you when you put it into perspective and you realize and recognize that you did not attract that, you're able to regain your power. You'll be able to, to regain your your voice. And that's what happens when you're when you're able to express yourself. So our ability to sit down and blog and write a book or or just be able to share our story is liberating. It's liberating ourselves, it's liberating others from that bondage of feeling that guilt and that shame that comes with that I attracted this. It is my fault. I am guilty. It's like you're able to, to put it into perspective. Um, and I think that it's very interesting when people read you know, these stories, anybody who can't empathize with that inner child, that experience with the experience, my response to them is go somewhere and, and work on your own healing. Because if you cannot empathize and understand the importance of that inner child finding their voice, what I really wanted to say was a curse word, but I was trying to, I was trying to keep it easy, but, uh, but yeah, go, go somewhere, go somewhere with that because it's a situation where it's not about you. It's not about the person, the abuser, because people are so stuck on trying to protect an image, trying to protect the person, right? And it's not about that. It's about giving that inner child back their voice that they haven't had for so long. And that's why I am so just admire, like I admire Josie for her courage and, and, and the work that she's doing because it is absolutely necessary. And and I'm just, I, I'm just, I'm excited to be on this journey with her. You because promised me you were gonna make me cry. <laughs> Girl, you're Aww. inspiring me for real. You're inspiring me. Every time I, I read that, I'm just like, wow. Like you are an amazing, amazing person and your ability to, to reach so many people is, is, is absolutely phenomenal. And honestly, part of the reason why I do what I do as a trauma life coach is because I'm actively healing while other people are healing too. Yeah. There's something powerful yeah. about connecting with people as they go on their healing journey. It's healing. I love it. Yeah, I can only imagine. Do you feel like you find, I guess, or you think about things that make you tap into your inner self and be like, huh, I wonder if that is something that I'm also experiencing, but I didn't realize it until I heard somebody else say it out loud. So the thing that, the thing about that is that yes and no. Okay. I think what I, what I get a lot from people is, is that level of, of reminded of the, of the strengths, reminded of the resilience, the, the, the beauty, the, the, the pure essence of love and and the the survivor mentality so when when i see someone i see all their strengths and what got them to this point it's like what has kept you alive until now and even like a like a specific thing so for example oftentimes someone who suffers from trauma has some kind of an addiction it could be an addiction to work it could be an addiction to alcohol it could be an addiction to to people pleasing right and mm -hmm. call it a good, call it a bad addiction. And addiction is addiction nonetheless. Yeah. And what it is, is that it saves their life. Because when they're at that level of hopelessness, where they don't see anything but darkness and don't find a reason to live, that addiction saves them in that moment by numbing that internal pain, that internal burning sensation that they feel inside. That emptiness is filled with that substance. And it actually saves more lives than it does take away. And as a nurse, I work in addictions and I also do trauma life coach. So I, I have the best of both worlds to be able to understand how one thing very much is linked to the other. So 
it's it's a situation in which I I just I view trauma and addiction in a way that they oftentimes come hand in hand. Because the same way you wouldn't tell somebody who has a headache, oh, don't get that ibuprofen over there because you know you just suffer. Work through it. Work through it. Pray about it. It's gonna go away. No, it's a situation where the pain that is felt from that trauma, that 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 haunting feeling, is very much real. And while you can be as spiritual as you as you as you can be, while you can you know have all of these reasons, including children and all these things. There's still that emptiness on the inside. You can have all the accolades, the degrees, the jobs, the, all of that, but it's not going to take away this this feeling. So that's why it's important to go on your healing journey, to speak your truth, and to be liberated. Wow, that that was a lot, <laughs> and that was amazing. I'm sitting here like, yes, girl, yes, 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 yes. No, I think everything you're doing is amazing i think the words you're speaking are amazing sometimes that's all it takes is for someone to say something someone may listen to this and be going through their own struggles and with both you all you know talking about your experiences and telling them you know to live in your truth and obviously it's probably i'm sure harder to do oh, yeah. than to say um but you know everyone will be able to do it at their own pace you know whenever they're ready but to know that they're not alone out there and there's other people that are there to support and help you know um mm -hmm. so as far as uh dating i guess in your adult life oh, yeah. do you have anything to say in regard i think there was something else but we can start there i don't know if i remember but yes if you i guess want to touch on that so i will say as far as dating I, I have had quite the plethora of experiences <laughs> in terms of uh, uh, dealing with narcissists, dealing with domestic violence. Um, yeah, I, I've had I've had quite a few. And I must say that right now I'm on the other side in terms of being in a marriage in which I'm able to take off my mask. And this mask is what I call, um, it's smile though your heart is breaking. So you have this internal sadness but you put on a mask anyways you put on that smile and, and, and put on you know put on your happy face and, and take over the world um, and when you're able to find somebody that you can take off your mask and they accept and love you for the person that you are on the inside that's where being in, in a, in a being a person who has suffered from trauma you'll find a relationship you'll find a person that will either facilitate your healing or that will hinder your healing. Yeah, and that right. will be the person that when you decide that you need some me time, you decide that you want to have yoga or girl time or whatever, that wait a minute, wait a minute, why are you changing? I, you were all about me before, or you used to do this and you used to that. Now you're changing up on me. I don't, I don't like it. The person that prevents you from doing the things that make you happy and figuring out who am I? Whose am I? And who am I called to be? If, if the person is not able to allow you the space and time to do that, then then that's that's a problem. So so for me, I'm on the other side and I'm able to be in a, in a healthy, you know, reciprocal relationship. And it feels absolutely amazing. So I want people to know that it is possible. I've been through the ringer. Listen, I've been through it <laughs> in terms of relationships. <laughs> So I know what it's like, but to be on the other side and be with somebody and know that I am, it's not even just about the attraction, but it's more so that I am now only accepting this type of, this type of relationship. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's where, where we, 
need to be, you know. All right, well, first I want to say, you know, I'm glad that you are here to tell your story after going through so much and congratulations on your your wedding and your marriage. I don't know if you had a full-blown wedding, but on finding a relationship that suits you, that is, you know, comforting to you, that is what you've always wanted. And I'm glad that you have found that in the person that you are currently married to. So that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right. And Yosie, if you wanted, I guess, to maybe touch on how it's affected your adult life as far as dating or the way you, you know, look at some of these these raggedy men. <laughs> raggedy. I was going to say some real bad No. Um, <laughs> No, for me, oh man, dating sucks. Uh, um, so, listen, for me, it's been this is the thing with me, and I realized because you know when one thing that that Alba talked about is is the addiction part of it, right? And 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 what trauma kind of like. So I overamplified my life, right? I kind of. I've been that overachiever type of person just to prove people wrong or I've been you know that type of personality right and then at the same time because I was neglected and I wanted to get I wanted to get love I overgive affection like I you know I'm, I'm very quick when I'm like you know when I meet somebody that that's great I'm like ready to love and ready to give it all and, and super affectionate and super attentive um, and I've given it to the wrong person multiple okay. times. So for me, dating has has been, and I realized how toxic it was because I'm like, I am I am seeking for the same affection that I want to give, right? That I that I want to, I want that same thing back. And you know, I was I was in a I don't even know if I want to say this, but I was in a marriage, um, and I ended up getting I ended up getting the marriage voided and like I got an annulment okay um but within like two months not even um so he cheated with a teenager right so when you do that wow and I have a and I have a preteen right or or almost a teenager I couldn't do it I was like you're gonna be around my child and you're seeing you know you're you're looking at this thing attractive a a child attractive we have a problem so for me it's it's just I like I guess dating for me it's more of like I I like to see the good even if they're not good. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're I, saying. I, I mm-hmm. want, yeah, I want to see so bad that this person is like amazing because I feel like everybody could be forgiven and everybody could be healed. And 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 I think I've had to, right now I took a step back. I think dating for me right now, I've been, I've been single for a year at this point. Um, I am just, I, I'm not ready, honestly. I think, I think at this point I've, I've made it, kind of very clear to myself that I, I don't want to have sex. I don't want to be dating right now. I just want to take, I, I want to give my all in a way where I'm, I'm giving Yossi, you know, I'm surrendering the inner child of Yossi and I'm becoming the Yossi in the core. Like Alba said one time, she was like, you know, you have to kind of like let the core you come out. And I think that's where I'm at. I think I'm, I'm I don't think I'm at that point where I want to just get the core value Yossi out, surrender the inner child and not worry about, you know, trying to please somebody else right now. So I'm kind of there. Dating right now is, is you know, and, and it hasn't, I guess it hasn't affected people that I meet is more of the type of people. So I, I, I also needed to 
discover what I deserve. And I do deserve to be loved correctly. And Absolutely. I I, yeah. And I think I wasn't getting, you know, I, I, I wasn't there. I was, I was still at the, well, he's not perfect. And maybe, you know, I can change him. <laughs> that yeah, I, we you know, know how we can, always do that. We right, always do that. You know, we let me, no, maybe we could figure it out. And then it's like, no, nah, homie, homie got issues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> issues no, really. that I can't issues that I can't fix like I'm good so I think I'm there I, I'm really I'm pretty much at this point where I'm you know if I meet somebody that I feel like is is truly worth my time perhaps you know I, I'm I'm but I'm not I'm I'm really not in the space for that right now well you're yeah. definitely you know you have a lot going on you have great things coming well. <laughs> so it, whoever's supposed to find you he will find you on your journey and I yeah I pray that you find a wonderful man because you do deserve it. And um, I pray that he's, he's able to fulfill everything that you desire because all women deserve to find that beautiful, you know, love. I mean, it seems so, I mean, after a while, we like, girl, I don't know where he's at. Jesus got to send yeah. me a man. Did he get lost? Okay, I'll be talking to God like, I'm ready. Okay, honey. But, you know, when he's ready, he's going to send me my little boo thing. But um, I'm ready, Jesus. I'm ready. So, um, See, my, mine, and, mine and yours might be, you know, stuck somewhere. They, they're a little lost right now. But. Girl, I got a map. I can help him find me, honey. He needs to come. Okay. <laughs> So I just have one final question and then if you guys can let the listeners know where to find you, your Instagram, your website, please. And anything you guys also want to let them know. The last question I had was for you, Yossi. I want to know how your sister is doing. Uh, Rosa, Rosa's hanging in there. I think with, you know, Rosa has several mental, like she has several medical mental conditions. Like she's schizophrenic. She gets epileptic seizures. Um, she's bipolar, she has depression. So I think right now with Rosa health-wise, it's only gonna decline and we knew this. I mean, we knew, you know, they told us she would only live up to 30 and, and by God's grace, she's still with us. Okay, so I think, that's amazing. You know, I think, yeah, she's, she's, she's holding up, she's doing okay. She has her moments. Um, you know, last year we almost lost her. She had, she had very bad pneumonia. Oh, wow. So right now, we're, yeah, we're keeping her home. We're just, you know, trying to, Keep her happy, and I think I think one one beautiful lesson I've learned from Rosa is is my sister, despite her conditions, despite everything that she's been through. If, if you see my sister, my sister literally can't have music on because she's mm. dancing. The moment you put music on, this girl is dancing. This girl is living her best life, and you look at her <laughs> like, how can you talk right? And how could you complain? Right? This is a person who can't drive, who can't really date, who can't do anything. Like absolutely nothing that's fulfilling in a way to us right to us that that can do certain things that are liberated in certain ways she can't do any of that and yet she does not hold any grudge she doesn't hold any anger this girl is not bitter I've oh never wow seen that's amazing so, right i've never seen someone so filled up in life and so just so generally like just happy like just happy to be alive you know she praises god every time she goes to church you should see her she gets on her knees and like Aww. praises our lord and savior yeah she's she is she is I, sometimes i feel like I, I i don't know what i did to deserve such a beautiful person but she's she's absolutely perfect in my eyes and and everything she is and everything she does you know i i know that we are all going home one day um and I, I pray whatever it is for her that it's it's 
you know, it's it's not going to hurt her in any way. No, I understand. She, she is just a loving person. So she's she's doing okay. She's holding up and, you know, I told her, I was like, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing a, I told her I was doing a radio interview. She's like, can I do it? Aww. <laughs> she, wanted to be on, she wanted to be on the podcast. I was like, no, I can't have you on. Tell her I send her my love. Tell her I send her my love. And I hope she's here for many more years to come because God has the final say. So, yes. 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 All right. So if you want to let the listeners know uh, your website as well as where they can find you on social media, uh, I'll start with you, Yossi, and then Alba, if you can do the same. Yes. So for my Instagram is byosiris. It's B-W, I mean, B-Y-Y-O-S-A-R-I-S. Uh, Facebook, I go by Yossi Rodriguez Vigilona. And then my website is yosiris.com, which is Y-O-S-A-R-I-S. So there you will find um, information about my book. So once I have, I think once I have the cover, I will probably have people start pre-ordering. Okay. But you can also get in touch with my blogs and just kind of, you know, continue to see my blogs. I will be posting them for the next probably, I think we have five, four weeks. So I will be doing a few more. Okay, when you do have the books, uh, I'll be following, but let me know. I do want a copy. Absolutely, absolutely. Yay! (laughs) And Alba, if you want to let the listeners know uh, your information as well. Perfect, perfect. So uh, my Facebook is Alba Cordero Soto. So it's A-L-B-A-C-O-R-D-E-R-O-S-O-T-O for Facebook. And my my business name is Alba Soto TLC. So you can find me at Alba Soto TLC for Instagram. And my website is albasototlc.com. And if you subscribe, I'm going to be um, putting out something awesome for my birthday. I'm a Leo and I got a birthday coming up. Woo-hoo. Y'all Leo's <laughs> not. <laughs> we don't know how to act. Don't how to act. <laughs> we don't know how to act for real. But this time I, I decided because starting last year I did a better together sister circle so I'm going to be doing something similar so I'm going to be sharing something really nice in terms of um just sharing the healing space with 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 as many people as I as I can so I'm excited that's going to be my gift I'm going to be giving instead of receiving that's amazing Um, I'm trying to change I'm trying to change I'm trying to get better because these Leo's man I be be all about me yes I know y'all love some attention y'all love yourselves My my daughter is a Leo and I, I have literally she has a countdown going on when her birthday is. She's like, We have nine days. Every day is a day off and she's excited. And I'm like, girl, it's not about you. And then she's like, I don't know what I'm gonna do after it happens. I'm not gonna be that excited anymore. I'm like, Really? Leo's you know, what about your grandmother's excited. birthday? Listen, yeah. we are the sun and all the planets go around. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. Well, it's been so, a pleasure um, talking to both of you ladies. And- perfect. And I actually have one more announcement. Yes, real yes. Quick. So I'm actually writing a book. It's going to be Firestarters. I'm going to be co-authoring a book called Firestarters. And it's just going to be about my journey of of my life experiences and how I came into my purpose. Um, So I'm super excited to to be co-authoring that. And I'm I'm excited. So it's called Firestarters. And you can get that. I'll let you know. I'll, I'll be I'll be update putting updates on my newsletter um, in terms of my website. So go on and subscribe. I just went on there. Make Yay. sure you go, listeners. Uh, subscribe. Visit the website. Read the blogs. Engage. Um, I definitely just went on there. I want both the books whenever they're ready. You guys, let me know. I appreciate you all coming on here, talking about your experiences, sharing advice just taking the time to actually do this podcast episode with me. I appreciate it. And I wish you all nothing but 
success, love, and happiness. You both deserve it. And I look forward to reading both of y'all books. I got some author friends. This is cool. <laughs> thank you so thank you so thank much you. for having us and for and for speaking with us today. This is awesome. It has been an honor. Yes. So yes. I, I look forward to following both of your journey and I'm sure you all will do amazing. Yes. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.